take your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to read the last verse of the passage that was read to us by Tim. Verse 13, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13 says this, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work of his good pleasure. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for music and just it lifting our hearts up to you, um, focusing our attention upon you where it should be. Now, Lord, as we open your word, I pray that you would give us ears to hear that we recognize that there are, is no place else to go for truth. Where else could we go? It is here in your word. We pray that you would stamp your image upon our hearts as we've already prayed and ignite our hearts, Lord, for your work service of the building up of your kingdom. And Lord, we pray for revivals. That song just mentioned, we pray, Lord, that it is the desire of our heart. But in, until you send that uh, extremely unique revival time, may we be faithful. May we be faithful. Just day in, day out, listening to your word, growing spiritually. Father, I pray for understanding, for clarity, and for growth. I pray that we would implement these things into our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been talking about holiness. Essentially, we're laying a foundation for the Christian life. And uh, holiness is becoming like God. And if you have not been here with us during this series of holiness, I would encourage you to get the tapes that have preceded this, or the, the CDs, I guess we're beyond cassette tapes, aren't we? CDs. But we've been looking at holiness. And holiness essentially starts inside. It starts with our thoughts, our attitudes, our affections. But it always works its way out. And uh, what we are doing, and we're doing this in preparation of our going into the book of, of Proverbs. And Proverbs essentially is going to flesh out for us holiness that hopefully the Lord is working in our heart to produce. And we will see that working out. And this is what we will be seeing in the book of Proverbs. And as we have read in verse 13 in chapter 2 of Philippians, we see that God is at work. That's another thing that we've talked about, that God is at work in us. He is the one that's producing holiness. This is a work of God. Now, the question I want to look at today is just how do we know if God is working? How do we know that God is working in our life? How do we know if we're growing spiritually? How do we know if we're growing in holiness? I mean, that's a good question. Growth, spiritual growth, that's a very important. It's very important to the believer to understand that and to know what that is. You can see a few things on the, the board of what growth is. On the slides, it's essentially evidence, evidence that that God is working in our life. He is fleshing our salvation out. And John, John calls it fruit. 
There's a, a tree bears fruit. A, a vine, grapes come from a vine that's fruit. James calls it works. And if there's, if it's not there, then you have a dead faith. It has to, has to be seen. It has to work its way out. Uh, Peter calls it just practice. Our practice. Paul uh, says that the outer man is decaying. I'm getting older and older, but the inner man is being renewed, revived, if you will. It's, it's just the opposite of what we would think. You would think you'd get old spiritually, but you don't. You get more vibrant. And it's visible. It's visible. It's something that we can see, something a little bit more tangible than just saying it's just inside. We have to have evidence. It's evident faith, essentially. And Peter says it's more precious than gold. When you see that kind of faith, that faith that is being worked out in your life, it is more precious than gold. It's also a, a process. There may be some growth spurts in your life. I know that with my kids. It's amazing. There's those times that they just grow so fast. You generally don't see growth. I mean, it's not like we put our kids to bed at three-year-old and, and they wake up 21 years old. I mean, we would like for that to happen. That would be kind of nice in certain ways, but that would be really weird. Growth doesn't act like that. It's a process. It takes time. I mean, we can see that growth when we look at pictures. We've Posted a picture, and my wife did yesterday, a couple of days ago maybe, of our kids, our family, when we first moved to West Virginia. And it's incredible change. And it's food and time. And that's what happens. Change. It's a slow process. And sometimes we get a glimpse of it. Sometimes we, we don't really see the, the growth. Sometimes it, well, it's definitely not like your garden that over the summer uh, you're going to grow a garden and you know within three months you're, you're going to plant that seed and that garden is going to be fully grown. And this is a mighty oak tree. It takes 40 years to, to develop. This is over a long period of time. There's a progress. There's also, it's, it's expected Growth is expected from believers. If our children don't grow physically, we take them into the doctor and say, Doctor, what's going on? We see, you know, this area, they're just, they're lagging behind and, and it concerns us. And we take them to the doctor. And I think many people need to be taken to the pastor and say, Pastor, what's going on? I, I don't see the growth in my life that I would like to see. What can I do? Be concerned about that. Another word, the last word, is just imitated. Every time that you say, okay, here's what holiness looks like, here's how you know if you're growing, then people want to pretend. They want to imitate that. And they just put that shell on. They put that outer show on, that external, without the heart necessarily being there. But they're only fooling themselves. And, and it doesn't do any good to do that. Who are you fooling? When it comes down to it, you're going to be standing before God and He's going to see through all of that. Growth is not, let me tell you a few things growth is not. Growth is not emotionalism. Growth is not this emotional experience. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says it'll flare up. Those emotions will be there. They'll flare up, but they usually just die away. And that's why we're called to faithfulness. Slow progress, faithfulness. Also, growth is not putting on a suit. It's not something like that, just cleaning up ourselves. It's not a new house or success and, boy, boy, you could see spiritual growth there. It's not a big church. It's not even church growth. We're talking about internal growth. Internal growth. 
So how do you grow? How do you know if you're growing? How do you know if God is at work in our life? Let me give you six parts or six marks, let's say, spiritual growth. This outline I get from J.C. Ryle in his book, Holiness. He wrote this book back in the 1800s. And this is an excellent book. Let me give you these six. This is his outline. I'm fleshing it out for us, but it's, it's coming from him. Number one, when God is at working in a heart, there is increased humility. When God is working in our hearts, there's increased humility. This is a consistent thing that we see throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, those mature believers are much more humble. Much more humble. Paul wrote the book of Romans, and it is one of the deepest books. And, and this was a time in Paul's life when he was more mature. But yet he sees himself as a wretched man. He says, wretched man that I am in, in Romans chapter 7. He sees his flaw, yet he's, he's very mature. And that seems a, a paradox. Job, <clears throat> Job says, I am vile. Job understood his sinfulness. Abraham said, I am dust and ashes. Jacob said, I am not worthy of the least of thy mercies. Not worthy of, don't even, give me attention, Lord. I'm not even worthy of that. David said, I'm a worm. Isaiah, he said that I'm a man of unclean lips. Peter said, I'm a sinful man. He says, go away from me, Lord. Paul says, I'm the least of the saints. What you see is a a humility. The the longer they stay in Christ, the longer they are with Christ, you see a growth in humility. The nearer we come to God, we see His holiness, we see His perfections, and we also see our imperfections, don't we? And that's what happens. And that brings about a humility in our life. J.C., I'm sorry, R.C. Sproul said this, The closer we are to God, the more the lightest sin will cause us deep sorrow. Even the the smallest of sin that people would not even sneeze at, as my mom would say, not even sneeze at, that would cause us many times the deepest sorrow, which is good. That's a good thing. As Christians, we grow and we feel our own sinfulness and unworthiness year after year. We become more sensitive to our own sinfulness, don't we? And so by application, when I see somebody that that is promoting self and is wanting to manipulate and to control people and uh, use people for their own uh, ends and means, um, you see this uh, selfishness, d- dominion over people kind of thing. I can say that person needs to grow spiritually. They need to grow spiritually. Because we see our dependence on God. We see our weaknesses. We see our faults. We see where we don't measure up. We see that we've fallen from the glory of God. We see that. So, there's an increased humility. So we have to evaluate our own life. We have to say, Lord, am I, am I increasing? Am I in humility? Am I, am I more humble this year than I was last year? Number two. When God is, and God is genuinely working in a life, you see an increased faith 
and love for Christ. It should say Christ at the end. God and Christ. God, uh, Christ was God, certainly. But more specifically, Christ himself. And when we are in Christ and Christ is in us, when we keep looking at Christ, we dwell in Christ, um, we tend to take note of Christ. You tend to see Christ. As a new believer, now we know Christ. I mean, we, we become Christians, we become disciples of Christ, followers of Christ. But the longer you stay in Christ, the more that He is in you. You just take note of these things. J.C. Ryle said that we, we begin to see a thousand little things that we never dreamed possible in Christ. We see Christ's love. Have you dwelled upon Christ's love? Have you looked at it intently? Christ's power. We see Christ's heart. The longer you are in Christ, you see Christ's intentions. You see Christ's office, the different roles that He plays, His works. You see the position, His position as a substitute. That means a lot to me. The more I grow in Christ, that sub, that idea of Him being my substitute is more precious to me than ever before. You see Him as an intercessor. You see Him as a, a high priest. You see Him as your advocate. You see Him as a friend. You see His lordship. You see His majesty. But you also see Him as the great physician working on my heart, healing me. You see Him... As the good shepherd gathering his sheep and, and taking care of his sheep, leading his sheep. You, you begin to see those little things of Christ and he becomes more precious to you. There's an attraction there because of that. And our souls kind of gravitate toward that. When you see an, a decrease, a decrease interest in spiritual things you can you can draw a conclusion that that person hasn't been with Christ for a while there's an increase of love in spiritual things when you're uh, when you're in Christ and when you're growing and if we are genuinely in Christ and in his word the true believer loves Christ and there's a certain rest and a certain comfort and the certain joy and rejoicing that will be there in that, in that believer's life. So there's an increase of faith and love toward Christ. Number three, when Christ is working in a life, there's increased practical holy living. Just daily living, practical holy living, you're going to see this increase. You're going to see this, this growth. Now this just makes sense in the... Uh, in the real believer's life, there's a constant battle. A constant battle against the, the dominion of sin in your life. The influence of the world being caught by the snare of the devil. And trying to avoid that. And there's this struggle. And it's a good struggle. I'm glad to, to see when people are struggling over these things. That's a good thing. There's are evidences that people are struggling there there's evidences of a battle there and many times you can see that and you can see then that's growth david said thy word have i hid in my heart that i might not sin against god that what's david doing there he has failed so many times that he said i know what i'm going to do now i'm going to take this word and i'm going to apply it to my life so that i don't sin against you lord 
Now that's somebody that's seasoned in the battle. Somebody that has failed. Somebody that is really struggling. And when I see some people, when I see people, or maybe they come to me and say, Pastor Carl, what about this passage? What about that? Or how do I apply that? When I see people that are applying the Word of God in their daily life, how do I flesh this out, they may say. Then I say, that person is growing. Because they have to, that means that they are reading the Word. That's good. They're getting it into their mind. They're studying it, meditating on it. They're evaluating their own life. And then they begin to see the imperfections in their life. They begin to see where they need to correct things. So they're applying these things to their life. They're battle-tested. They don't want to fail anymore. They don't want to be influenced by the world anymore. They don't want Satan's snare to, to catch them anymore. And a person who is growing is, is more careful with their words. They're more careful in, in handling their temper or their cravings. They're more careful with their actions year after year. And sin has less of a hold on their life. The world has less of an influence. Satan has less of a, an opportunity to trip them up. They see through his schemes. So there's an increase in holy living. Number four. Number four. When God is at work in a person's life, there is an increase Increased spiritual desire or mindset. A mindset that's, that's a desire as well. And, and again, this just makes sense. A, a person that has been born into this spiritual world all of a sudden finds this, this spiritual world that they now live in. They are aware of there's this spiritual kingdom and there's where there's a spiritual battle going on and they're taking in spiritual truths. They begin to see the spiritual needs of other people. They begin to be equipped to help those people in their spiritual need. And they become aware of the intensity of the battle and what's going on spiritually. And that's where their focus becomes. They begin to realize that this, apart from the spiritual elements, this life is, is pretty superficial. It's pretty boring. It's pretty shallow without the spiritual elements of, of life. And, and so remember that connection that we have to the spiritual world is, is Christ. We have that connection and those means of grace. And that's the spiritual world that we live in now. We see everything from that prism. And so we, we tend to gravitate toward it. Toward God's Word and toward prayer, toward the fellowship of the believer. That's where that spiritual world is. That's our world where we live now. We begin to see the, the whole picture of this world and it becomes precious to us. It draws us. It pulls us in. And everything else or other things just begin, begin to be less important. Less important. It's not that we neglect our physical duties. We're still husbands and fathers and we, we go to work and we do all of those things. It's not that we neglect those duties, but the others become more precious to us. We, we love the, the spiritual things. We love spiritual things. We can tell. We look inside. We, we, have, we gravitate toward those things. We love those spiritual things. And we can tell, yes, I'm growing spiritually. It's like a baby with a bottle. Now, 
fathers sometimes like to just play, be mean a little bit. And you're feeding that baby and you just what? Eh, just take this bottle out a little bit, you know. See what happens. You deal with the consequences, right? They want that bottle. That's their that nourishment. That's their that's their whole life. It, it just tastes good, and, and all they're doing is growing. That's that's us, folks. There's we gravitate. We gravitate. That's our lifeline. Where else do we go, Lord? You have the word of life. We're gravitating toward that. You see an increase toward those things. Like what Ryle says, he says, when we are growing in Christ, the ways and the fashions and the amusements and the recreations of this world has a continually decreasing place in our hearts. This is what happens. The spiritual world becomes more attractive to us. And we just tend to, to walk with God more. So there's an increase of desire and awareness of this spiritual world and spiritual things. Number five. When God is, is working in a life, there will be an increased love for others. If you want to tell, if you're growing in Christ, growing in grace, growing spiritually, there's going to be a love, an increased love for other people. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, he says, let, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who is born of God, what? Loves. That's just what happens when God is actually working in a heart. That heart is revealed. That action and work is revealed by by love, by love for other people. That's how we know that God is working. It's just a kind of a natural outpouring. That's just what happens. And, and we love people. We love men and, and women. We love the saved and, and the unsaved, especially, though, especially the household of faith. Especially the believers, especially God's people. That's, that's our craving. That's who we love. And we're commanded, obviously, to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that, that just increases. There's an increased intensity there. It's a growing disposition toward others. Now, just think about it. We're kind of bent toward others. Before we become a Christian, we're kind of bent toward self. It's all about me and my world. But then, then the Lord begins to work and there's a meekness. There's a humility there. There's a bent toward others and there's a kindness. And I'll take troubles for you. I, I will be more good-natured, let's say, to everyone. And be more gracious, be more sympathetic, be more thoughtful. Be more tender-hearted and considerate. Be more appreciative when other people do things for me. And I see people's giftedness and I think, man, that's incredible. The Lord has blessed this church with you. This is great. And less of me controlling people. Less of me mastering over them and manipulating them and, and getting people to serve me and do what I want to do. I begin to serve other people and I begin to be more patient. I begin to, to put up with their provocations. It's not all about my, my rights. I can bear the brunt. And I don't have to enter into every quarrel that someone brings up. And I think the best of other people. 
You sometimes say, uh, say, well, you should have heard what that guy said. And I know what he means, too. I know what he meant by that. And we jump to conclusions. We don't know. And, and, but a mature person gives the benefit of the doubt to the other person. Not jumping to conclusions, not eager to, to find fault, not picking holes at people, not picking apart their weaknesses of other people. There's an increased love for people. Number six, when Christ is working, there is an increased zeal for evangelism, to evangelize the unsaved. Increased zeal. When Christ was, when he's growing a child, he said, I must be about my father's business. There's that tendency. We have that natural inclination. There's an increased awareness of the need. Now, now follow me here. We're born to this spiritual realm. We begin to, to see the, the vast scope as we see people's sinful problem, the sin problem of man. And the, the vastness of this world, we see that, how many people there are. And we see the urgent command of Christ to, to go and make disciples. And sometimes we can get overwhelmed, but we know that God has chosen us for this task. And he, we know that He is going to work for us and He is going to go ahead of us. And, and we have that, that desire then that zeal it's an increasing zeal for evangelism for our father's work and this is a an ever increasing interest in the salvation of people's souls salvation of people's souls whether it's missions it could be missions it could be personal evangelism it could be uh, just the building up of the body of Christ, so that more could be sent out. Essentially, it's, it's the gospel light shining in a dark world. That's what we want to see. That's what we want. There's an increased interest in giving to build the kingdom of God. There's an increased interest in praying for missionaries and missions and evangelism and the expansion of God's Kingdom. There's an increase in preaching, desire to preach and to speak, an increase of visiting other people for the purpose of sharing the gospel. So we see that. An increase in zeal for evangelism. And when we, we see those things, we, we, I know that person is becoming aware of this, the spiritual scope of what's going on. And I can tell there's growth there. There's growth they're taking initiative to this lost world. So you see an increase there. Now, let me ask you. We'll wrap it up here. How are you doing in this evaluation? I, I just, when I was reading this, I was amazed at this guy's insight in the Christian life. It really is something, it's convicting to me. It's convicting to me. And it makes me want to see that bar. And it makes me want to rise to that. Lord, I, I'm not as... I'm, I'm weak in this area. I need to be stronger in this area. So there's an increase. And I see this. And I begin to see it in other people. And I begin to think, Lord, I want that kind of growth. I want their, uh, I want to, to rise to that standard. As the Holy Spirit plants these seeds in our heart. It marks us out for 
more spiritual mindedness, if you will, a sense of sin growing deeper, the stronger faith, uh, hope that becomes brighter, love that is more extensive, more helpful to other people. Let me tell you, folks, that pleases God. God is pleased when we desire to grow spiritually. God is pleased when we are making progress in holiness. Now let me tell you one other thing. Is that we become more useful to God. We become more useful to God. Let me ask you, does your life have purpose? Do you have that sense that you are being used by God in the lives of other people? Listen, babies... Don't get me wrong, they have their place, but they're not real useful, right? And when they grow up, you know, I've got four strong men now. And I, we went to one of these booths this weekend. One guy said, and all these tall guys, you know, all these tall guys following me around. And uh, he said, man, he says, how did you get such tall guys? And he said, man, you, be, you should be running a farm. You should own a farm, make these guys work. And I'm thinking, yeah, that, that's a great idea. Get some work out of these guys. Why? Because they're useful. There's strength there. Where there was weakness, there's strength. There's youthful. They've got muscles now. There's growth. We've seen that growth. We can tell they're, they're strong. They're ready to, to enter into the adult world. We are, folks, commanded to grow. We're commanded to grow spiritually. There's a purpose for that. There's a purpose for that. We cannot stay baby Christians. We need to be useful. We can waste our lives just being baby Christians and let other people. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice being fed all the time and having mommy there. And eh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. We have to exercise those muscles and become stronger and stronger. Why? So that we can become useful. Useful to God. Useful in the lives of other people. And what do we get out of it? We see, we see that growth. And Peter, like I said, says it is more precious than gold. Seeing that faith, that exercising of faith, that outgrowth of real life. It's more precious than gold to us. We realize, yes, God is at work in me to will and to do of His good pleasure. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank You for these thoughts. Thank You for these this, this checklist. As we evaluate Scripture, we see the spiritual growth of these mature saints, saints that have gone before us. And, and we think, Lord, make us like that. Bring us from babyhood, being spiritual infants, to being spiritual adults that can be useful to You. Lord, it's our desire to not stay children. It's our desire to to grow. And Lord, we know that You, You want that same thing. Lord, help us to do our part. Help us to stay in Christ. Stay in His Word. Pray to Him. Obey Him. 
exercise our faith in his principles and teachings, become his true disciples. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.